You are listening to the podcast of Open Life Church. We are located in Bonnie Lake, Washington, and meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Bonnie Lake High School. Thank you for taking the time to download our podcast or visit our message archive page at livinglifeopen.com. If you are visiting us on our message archive, I just want to make you aware of two things. First, there's a link just above the audio display where you can download our fill-in-the-blank handout. And second, after you're done listening, we would love for you to follow the link on the upper right side of the page that says Let's Connect. Here you can tell us a little bit about yourself or tell us something that we can pray with you about. Feel free to give us as much or as little information as you'd like. Wherever and however you are listening to us today, we are excited you are here, and we hope you enjoy it. Now here's today's speaker. Welcome again to Open Life. My name is Thad, and uh, very excited to continue this series. We're in the second week of three called Time with Jesus. And uh, today's talk, if you like titles, it's on the top of your handout. One of the little things in that worship guide is like a fill in the blank. There's only three blanks, so it's pretty obvious what they're going to be, maybe, but you can uh, have some fun or draw crazy pictures of me. So here we go. Luke 11, 1 through 13, it's called Shameless Audacity today, the talk. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. <laughs> Don't you, you ever have anybody ask you if you can lend them food as if they're going to give it back? Yeah, I'm just going to borrow the loaves of bread. But anyway, I just think that's funny wording. Lend me some bread. Verse 6, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because, oh, I skipped a whole phrase there. Okay, let's go back to verse 7. Suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can relate. I have four kids. I went to bed alone, and there were four kids in the bed this morning. I have no idea how that happens. So midnight, I don't think it happened until like two in our house, but here we go. Uh, so children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much bread as you need. So, I say to you, so whenever you see that, verse 9, so, this is what everything's written for, right? So, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead. 
Jimmy Kimmel would do that. But moving on, verse 12. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So there's a lot there, and we're actually going to spend two weeks on this chunk of Scripture, but we're going to focus in on kind of the why more than the how of this today, kind of the heart of it, the so of this passage hits on this subject of shameless audacity. Okay, but first I have a question. How many of you have completely finished your Christmas shopping? You're ready to go? Everything some of you. Yes. <laughs> I bet the reason that a guy raised his hand is he doesn't do the Christmas shopping. I'm just guessing. Just a guess. I could raise my hand on that too. But uh, yeah, the whole Christmas shopping thing is interesting. And I, I'm going to, often I share too much, so I'm going to overshare here. Um, do you prefer to get a list and buy what's on it? Or are you more of, I want to surprise them with a gift, right? If, like, I like to wrap little things in big boxes and fit big things into small boxes just to really surprise people. It's kind of how I go for Christmas. I don't want anybody to know it. But Dana, my wife, for those of you who don't know me, she's back in elementary uh, today teaching, she likes to give me a very practical list. You know, we're at that stage, right? It's like, if we're going to spend money, we really don't have extra money to spend, so let's, here's a practical. She'll give me a list. She'll say, well, I'll say, what do you want for Christmas? And of course, she'll say nothing. And then when a push gets to shove, what do you want for Christmas becomes something very practical that if I bought, I would suck, right? It just would not be wise. So it's things like I, a new pad for the ironing board, Merry Christmas, honey. I love you, right? Happy Valentine's Day. Those kind of gifts, right? Or vacuum or like pans. Yeah, these are things on the list. I'm being serious. Glasses. Oh, yeah, new glasses. So every day you take a drink, you remember Christmas 2014. You're so lucky to be married to me. <laughs> it just doesn't work, right? It's like I would not be good. So I think it's, I think it's that we're just getting old or something, because this, this can't be healthy or normal. And, uh, and I look at this whole reality of, you know, we just don't need much stuff anymore. I'm like, what do I need? Uh, you know, I just don't, my need list isn't very high. I don't know what it is. And, and so I sit there and, you know, I do think, I do think things are a little out of the ordinary for some reason. We're just not, not dreaming much. And, and I realized that, man, maybe I need to increase my expectancy or my dream or my audacity and my asking, you know. Have I lost the, the creativeness? Because I'll just make a confession. This is where I'm oversharing, especially when my daughter, plug your ears. My daughters are here. Plug, they're listening intently. So they're, uh, every once in a while, this is how bad it's gotten in our house. Now we'll see something we kind of really want for Christmas or our birthday, and, and we'll just buy it and then hand it to the other person and say, wrap that up and give it to me. Anybody done that in here? Have you done? Look at the hands going up. I love it. We're not alone, finally. 
we've lost our minds, honestly. We just need to, what is that? What is that? Right? So funny. Now my kids, on the other hand, thank you for being here today, Jocelyn and Jenna. Very glad you're sitting here. Uh, they have no problem asking for crazy things on their list. In fact, we're in the digital age, so we get a text version of the list. We get email versions of the list. We get like, I'm surprised they haven't made a list app that you can just have people download. They probably have it. If not, that's your million do- dollar idea, and uh, that's a great one. Run with that. Uh, so, you know, you just look at this, and they have extreme example of audacity, right? And so, uh, so they'll ask for things, you know, little gifts. They'll, they'll be, you know, you kind of, maybe the relatives are thinking, how much should I give? You know, $20 limits. They're thinking stuff like that. Maybe. I don't know if you're a, if you kind of look at the lists and go, well, $5 to extended family and 20 to, you know, I don't know how you break it down, but, you know, they just throw things out there like iPhones uh, or just a little, you know, if you had it, a MacBook Air. You know, it's like, it's like, that's awesome on that list. That's, their desires make it on the list. Their lists are detailed, distributed to everyone, and, uh, uh, and that's pretty cool uh, that they are willing to ask. Not happening. But anyway, it's just, you know, you look at that. Hopefully Santa's good to you, and yes, we believe in Santa in our house, so judge me later. Uh, nothing makes the heart more joy-filled when it comes to giving, as a parent, as giving your kids gift at Christmas, that when they open it up, it's like the dream gift. It's like you get the dream reaction, right? Isn't that kind of what we shoot for? Like we've done the whole, we gave the Disneyland and they had to put the puzzle together and it said you're going to Disney and you, you got the video rolling and you're hoping it's like a, ah! you know, or, you know, I remember we got the, we did do iPods one Christmas, I think. I don't remember if that was Christmas. And it was the, you know, uh, but the one I remember the most, because while you're joy filled when you get the right reaction, you're crushed when you get the opposite of the joy-filled reaction. How many have received that reaction as a parent or a friend giving a gift to someone? And you look at that and you, you think it's the perfect, it's going to be the, I cannot believe it, reaction. And you give it, this, is, this happened a few years ago with a product called a DS, if I recall. We got the wrong color. We found out through tears. Uh, slamming doors, tantrums, all on video, mind you, somewhere in our house. And uh, because we were expecting, oh, yes, yeah, you know, we were expecting this response. And what we got was evil children rising up that are not related to us. We did not raise them this way, right? It was that moment. And you're just like, no. Christmas morning. It's that tension, isn't it? As the parent, you're just like, huh? Uh, I hope they like this one. Here it goes. We all deal with it. Psalm 37, 4 says this. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Like, that's God's heart for us. He wants to give us the desires of our heart. I think that's That helps me make decisions knowing the character of 
Father God that Jesus is talking about in the passage today. Knowing his character that he wants to give me the desires of my heart helps me. If I'm stuck in between choosing A and B, you know what? It's not like God's will is that he'll only bless me if I go with A or that he'll only bless me if I go with B. I can make either choice and guess what God's going to do? He's going to bless the desire of my heart. He's going to actually bless the decision I made. This is both good and bad because as we see, if you read through the Scriptures, if you read the Old Testament, they made a lot of choices that maybe were not the best, and God allowed it. And He turned the situation for good, but it may have taken a couple generations. So it's kind of painful to read about. You're like, ooh, is this like a loving father? And then we get all confused and have weird conversations. So the father love of God is to give us the desire of our heart. And Jesus is sharing that through this passage today. So I guess what Jesus really wants us to do is share our desires with God. That's what prayer is, is having a conversation with God, sharing our desires. It's one thing to pray for a list of, of stuff like, okay, well, i got to add that to my prayer list. Oh, somebody needs healing. Okay, I'll add that. And then somebody needs this. And oh, yeah, I, I have an, a sore throat, you know, money for people who have needs, you know. And we start to write, think, that was a good Obama. I should have done that. I mean, okay, anyway, money for people who have needs. I'm not good at impersonating him. But anyway, so moving on, uh, you know, I look at this and I go, you know, a list of stuff prayer is not very, you can get through it without really having a heart. Have you realized that? If you make prayer lists, sometimes it's easy to just get the list checked off. But what Jesus wants us to do here is express our heartfelt desire. Praying for a list is like shopping for the necessary list sometimes. And it's good to know, but what if we can figure out desires? What if we can express our actual desires to God? Okay, God, our real feelings. What if we can open that up to the Lord? What's the possibility if we allow prayer to get into us, not just have us praying? Is kind of what Jesus is sharing here. I don't know if you grew up getting what you wished for. And if you didn't, this may be kind of hard to swallow that God really wants to give you your desires, right? If it was always like, good try, MacBook Air, not happening, you know, and that's like, oh, that's the way God is. Okay, because that's the way my father was. He told me no cell phone until I'm 13, but I've been the only one without a cell phone for two years, you know, and it's just like, love you girls. But anyway, so, you know, you're just like, it's 80 bucks a month on Verizon. Pray for us. Okay, so moving on. Uh, so like, what are they made? I, I need to go into a different profession, make some more money over there. So we'll focus our, <laughs> I'm so ADD today, pardon me. Um, if we focus our eyes today on verses 9 through 10, I think we're going to discover some things that are really simplistic. But we need to be aware of the follow-through Jesus is helping us discover, like not just praying, but like going farther and uh, getting to this place of shameless audacity that Jesus describes. And, and I, you know, I think it's Jesus' attempt at saying the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but he's kind of doing it through, it must have been a common thing that happened. 
You know, I've gone across and knocked at my neighbor's door for flour before or eggs. I've just never asked to loan three loaves of bread, and nor did I do that at midnight. So, but this is an interesting story. Jesus, like, conjures up, so it must have related in some way. But this whole picture, he's trying to give us a picture of shameless audacity. And the closest thing I could think of to shameless audacity outside of the Christmas list of my daughters was my wife when she's trying to get the price matched for an item that was on the shelf at Target in the wrong section for the wrong price. Have you ever done this? You go and it's like, you're like, this is incredible. Like this, this is a great price. And you go to the counter and they're like, they give you a price that's three times that, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden it's like, well, it's, it's on a shelf back there, and, and, you know, if you honor your word and your price, then you're, you know, and then all of a sudden the shameless audacity in my wife is she's normally gentle and mild and, and loving, and then all these red shirts start showing up, and she's like demanding at Target. It's awesome. You should see this. It's like just she goes all lying on them. And, and, uh, and the next thing you know, eventually one person and another person, walkie-talkies another individual, and all the red shirts show up, and she gets the prize. But you also see them hustle back to the shelf and unpack the shelf where it was wrongly tagged. And uh, I love it. I've done it a couple times. She's really good at it because I'll just go, oh, yeah, no problem if you don't want to. You know, the first person who growls at me, I'm out the door. I don't understand. But she does it all the time. So here's three keys Jesus gives for shameless audacity. Number one, ask. Ask. Pretty simple, huh? We got it ask. I mean, that's where it all starts here. From the beginning step, we must have faith and let faith be stirred in asking God for what we need. I think we tend to ask, or we, we tend to not ask for what we don't believe will come. The very asking impacts our faith as to whether we'll receive it. And we're used to not maybe receiving our desires, and so we just don't ask for things. We just predispose God wouldn't give. You know, we kind of have this feeling like, well, I don't know. Okay, how many, let, let's turn it back to the gifts thing. How many of you in your families, they grow, and so you've gone to the draw name gig for gift giving, and so you don't have to give like to everybody and go broke, right? So you have big families, and so you draw a name out, and it becomes like the Oh, my name got drawn. Good. Instead of like $300 in gifts, I get 20. Woohoo! You know? And so it's kind of that moment. It happens to all of us. And, uh, and so it's that little deal that occurs. Well, we kind of put that then on God when we're talking about praying and the, whether He'll give us good gifts or bad gifts. This whole mindset of this passage today, we put that on God and we go, well, with all the people in the world, I don't know if God got my name or not this year, so why would I ask? And so we kind of tend to just go, well, it's, I'm just a name in a bucket. I'm not, you know, he may draw it out, he may not, so I'm just not even going to ask for it. And we get paralyzed when God's looking to give us the desires of our heart. Ephesians 3.20 puts it like this, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. 
Amen. The writer Paul there is saying, God can do immeasurably more than all we ask according to His power, not our strength, not our faith. He's going to do more than all we ask, but what's the key there? Ask. He is able to do more than all we ask or imagine. It says He is able to do more. How audacious and shameless is our asking. He is able to do immeasurably more, but we must do the asking, the imagining, because He'll go beyond what we can even imagine. So I pray today that God would awaken our imagination. Because He'll do more, greater things. It's the it's really the asking that fans into flame our imagination. I don't know about you, but when I start praying for things, I discover when I start praying, I start praying for things that I like literally didn't think of to pray for. And so if I just freely start praying, and, and I'm, uh, I, I like praying for lists too, but if I get away from the list and I just begin to pray the desires of my heart, I end up praying and imagining things, and it's like as I pray, my imagination increases. God just is interacting with me live. It's like real time, and we're having this conversation, and and my faith begins to increase as I pray, but I have to start asking for something, and then the next phase kicks in. Number two, seek. So we've got to ask, but we also have to seek. Really, the seeking element is the initial audacity beyond asking. This is the action stirred by our faith when we were praying because it's beginning to be answered. It it may precede proof. What am I talking about? Like, so when we ask for something, let's say we ask for uh, our neighbor to come to church at the Christmas service. And we have the invite in, in our hand, and we're like, and we're just like praying that they'll come to the Christmas service. And so we're praying for them by name, we're praying for their family, we're praying for their circumstances, whatever we know. And then we go outside and we're blowing leaves that have fallen off the trees, and then all of a sudden we see our neighbor there and we're wondering, oh, is this the moment, right? Is this the opportunity that I've been praying for? And then the neighbor says, hey, how are you doing? And you're like, good. Hey, what's going on? What are you doing next weekend? And you're like, right? You don't know if that's like the moment you've been waiting for or not. Like it's not that may not really happen. That's like weird. What are you doing next Sunday on the 21st? You know, I don't, two Sundays from now. Just wondering. You know, I was wondering if you want to go fishing. Well, I was wondering if you want to come to Christmas service with me. You know, and then I'll, but it, you, you never know how it's going to play out. But are you even seeking the opportunity beyond the prayer? I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is sometimes you won't see the proof of your prayer being answered, but we have to yet be expectant that God will provide an opportunity. It's where you go about your day with your eyes open. Because you've prayed that the door would open, but do you expect it to really open? 
Your heart has to be ready for an opportunity. We don't seek for something we don't believe we will find. So we got to start believing we're going to find this, that this prayer will be answered, that our faith will increase. Our mindset about prayer and God's desire to answer it just needs to shift a little. Even in my life, because we can all be more audacious. Why am I so surprised that things we do out in community are so successful? right? Why was I surprised when over 300 volunteers show up to serve at an event? We're not 300 here, you know, nor were we all serving at the big give. Why am I surprised we have that kind of an inspiration in the community and impact? I don't know. It's just interesting to me when I, I look at these things, our mindset. Our ability to put action to our prayers, seeking, must elevate to to. Live the life of adventure that God truly wants us to live. He says we have life and life more abundantly, but we only live that when we start seeking beyond prayer. The potential impact we have in life is huge if we're just pursuing the mission of Jesus with eyes open. So then the final step is knock. So we got to ask. We have to seek. But honestly, here's the toughest one. The knock especially at midnight in this story. What did that guy go through? Did his wife send him? You know what I'm saying? Honey, we need the bread. You know, I know it's midnight, but go across the street and knock on the door. You can wait till morning, hon. Their stomach's growling, but, you know, that's good. It's just their body eating fat cells. They'll be ready by breakfast. They'll be fine. Give them some water. Go across the street right now and ask for bread. I already took my contacts out. Do it! I will, honey. Right? Does that happen anywhere else? It's not like that never happens in my house. Uh, So, you know, this is when we, we actually follow through after seeking the opportunity. The opportunity presents itself, and now we have to reach out, trusting that what we just witnessed in an open door is really God, and we an open moment in life, and we knock. So in your worship guide, you've got a, like a, a bunch of paper that you'll strew throughout the place once you unclip the pen, right? There's three Christmas invites, and then there's this long bookmark. I don't know if you read physical books anymore. I don't. Bookmarks don't fit into my iPhone. But anyway, I, I, I like reading electronic books. I'm just weird. So they, uh, but you, if, if you have a place to utilize a bookmark, there's a spot there on the back of it where you can write three people that you could begin to, to ask God to help you bring them to the Christmas service on December 21st. Christmas is an open season in people's life. Statistics tell us 86% of people want to know more about Jesus. They just are never asked. And so you have this opportunity to begin to pray and then go through the next couple of weeks with your eyes wide open, maybe those invites in a pocket or a purse. They won't fit in your wallet, I tried. Anyway, so you've got them somewhere. They're big enough that it's going to remind you that they're present, Right? And then you have this opportunity to actually seek and and knock. This is the moment when 
the Christmas story has the possibility to come to life in somebody's heart if you just offer to bring them. Not just pray that supernaturally they walk through the door and you're like, yes, my neighbor came. Hallelujah. And we've all probably done things like that. Or you, you go out to mow your lawn, same story again, and you're waiting for your neighbor to say, I woke up last night. I had a dream. You were there. You escorted Jesus into my room, and he shared the gospel with me. And, and I became a follower of Christ right at the side of my bed. I kneeled, and then you began to help me understand what it is to follow Jesus. And you're like, praise God. I prayed that. There was no seeking and knocking in that story, right? That's what's missing. And I think God wants us to be part of the miracle. So we need to not only pray, but we need to seek the opportunity to actually offer to bring someone. And, and maybe it's going to need to be a setup gig. Maybe the person you're going to invite or, or offer to bring is going to be uh, uh, something that you'll have to say, hey, let's meet for coffee on the 21st and, and get our families together and go to Starbucks. Um, or maybe some of you are still mad at Howard Schultz from the whole Sonics thing. Find another coffee place. Just be careful which one you drive up to. Or, you know, anyway, the Christmas decorations nowadays might look different at that barista stand. I'm just saying. So you get there, you get some coffee, you meet them, and then you make your way to church. I guess the invite would fit if you do go to that stand because it does say the service is for those who are on the naughty or the nice list. Just saying. So you find your way bringing them. Or maybe you're going to say, hey, I'll meet you out in the parking lot, you know, and, and, and we'll go in together so you don't have to walk into church. It's intimidating to walk into church alone trusting that maybe your friend is on the other side of that glass wall. So what can we do to just kind of eliminate the obstacle? Sometimes we need to make that offer in the knock moment. We need to provide a way to defang, if you will, the church-going experience. People got all kinds of weird ideas in their mind. They think I wear a robe with like a little white thing here. They might think that I don't tell inappropriate jokes. Uh, they might think, I don't know, you know, the, or, or whoever's talking, they might think that we're boring. You might right now think that we're boring. But anyway, or that I need to take my medication for being ADD, which I've never had that medication, but I'm sure it would help. Okay, here we go. The shamelessness is in the moment of finally handing the invitation to somebody. The audacity, the shameless, just like, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1 challenges us. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of salvation. So do not be ashamed of the church. Do not be ashamed of, of the gospel. And, and maybe that's why we do everything we can think of to make it an easier experience for someone to walk through the church door for the first time ever in their life. We want to be hospitable. We don't want to shrink back. We want to ask and seek and, and knock. You know, it's interesting. First John 4 18 through 19 says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love, and we love because he first loved us. Somebody in some way invited us into the gospel story. And I don't know if you remember how you ever first came. Maybe your parents brought you. For me, that was not the case. It was somebody my senior year in high school, might have been my junior year in high school, kept inviting me to church. I was very rude to her. And, uh, 
and she finally got that I wasn't going to come to church or youth group with them. And so she just said to me, um, you know, one day, Thad, you're going to reach rock bottom in your life if you keep going down the paths you're going down. But when you do, just remember, there's a place you'll find forgiveness and love and hope, Shoreline Community Church. So what happened when I was 21 and I hit rock bottom, where did I go that January morning? When I woke up, I was actually still 20. I woke up and, and, and I was like, Bobby's voice was in my head saying, go to Shoreline Community Church when you hit rock bottom. And I drove to a church I'd never been in without my family. I'd never been there any time other than Easter or Christmas. And it was for me that day. Because somebody made an invite years ago. See, I don't think we can equate the power of the knock. Like there's no way we can understand the supernatural power if we're trusting God, if we're asking. First we have to ask. Then we have to seek the opportunity. And then that opportunity may sound like no. Or for me, it probably was a lot more rude than no when I was in high school towards Bobby. But she got the fact that she still made the invite. And it impacted my life greatly later. The worst thing possible is that somebody could be rude or say no if we invite to bring them to church on any given day. But at Christmas, people are just kind of open to the celebration. And they kind of want to know if they'll be okay walking through the doors or not. So that's why we go crazy and try to think, man, how can we help them? Oh, I know. Let's, let's find a picture of Santa holding a naughty list and tell them it doesn't matter what list they're on. They can come and, and celebrate Christmas and just for a help. Don't Google naughty Santa on the image search. It doesn't work out well and pray for me. Okay, so anyway, I'm just like, you know, that was not wise. I'm just moving on. Uh, so it's like, you know, you just, there's, there's some great invites that you can hand your friends, but there was a little pain getting those invites, honestly. Okay, moving forward. Uh, you know, somebody could get mad at you, and honestly, you may just be that Christ, another Christian that is going to give a cold invite to them, and they just feel like all you want is a number and somebody to come to your church so you could chalk it up on a list. Reality is, we know that's not your heart, and I think they're going to know that's not your heart if you do the work of praying for them. That's why we put the bookmarks in there so you can begin to pray for those you invite. If you do the opportunity of, of seeking to kind of look for the moment that they're open, that it's not just like an out-of-nowhere conversation. They're like, hey, did you watch the game? And you're like, will you come to the church? And they're like, what just happened? You know, so that moment would happen if you don't ask, seek, then knock, right? We've got to seek the right moment. Like, you know, when they're crying because the Seahawks just crushed their team and you're like, well, I know a place that will lift you up. Hand them an invite then. You're like, there you go. Going to the playoffs again. Booyah. Anyway, uh, just hope to go to Green Bay and kill them there. Anybody say amen to that? Any Green Bay? Okay, anyway. Uh, so, uh, so we're just looking at this opportunity to make an impact in people's lives. And, and I could tell you about an invite moment this week. 
I was at a gathering of nonprofits down in Sumner. It's the Sumner Family Coalition that meets once a month. And, and I was given a report on Big Give, and everybody in the room was just going, this is the most incredible event I've ever served at. And, and we were just having fun in the room and celebrating. And, I, and, and it gets to like, well, do you guys have anything coming up? And you go around the room, and everybody shares their dates coming up. And so I had the Christmas invites there, and I was like, hey, I just want to I don't know if any of you don't attend a church. A lot of people in the nonprofit sector do. That's what is the reason behind their giving back oftentimes is they were loved, so now they love. And, uh, but some don't go to church that are in that room. And so I was like, I wanted to invite them, and I just simply handed those invites around. I said, you know, for those of you who don't have a church, uh, you know, let me just invite you. Uh, specifically, if you're on the naughty list, this is for you you know? And the reaction was amazing in the room to watch them light up and, and chuckle. And it, it like wasn't a, a weird experience. It wasn't like, you know, I don't know how to say it, Christianese. It was just, hey, if you've never been in church before, this is a great place to show up for the first time in your life, right? And so, uh, what a great opportunity you have, and I hope that those invites help you to just make it an easy experience. But here's the final promise, and worship team, you can make your way up here. The final promise of this passage, if you ask, and if you seek, and if you knock, the promise is doors will be open to you. Doors will be open to you. So maybe you're praying for your friends, and, and maybe all of a sudden God provides another opportunity to knock. Maybe you're praying for your friends, and you find yourself in this, this spot where you have a chance to invite more than three people, you haven't, or whatever. Maybe it's beyond Christmas. Maybe it's next Sunday. It's kind of an interesting story at Open Life. You know, we try to always create invite moments where the season's natural and, uh, you know, Christmas and Easter are no-brainers. We love to be able to invite people because we just grow on those days. People are willing to come to church. And so we find ourselves at this space where uh, the week before the service we plan to have a bunch of people who've been invited, it's always the week before that there's a radical story of somebody coming to Jesus week before Christmas, week before Easter. It's hilarious all the time. Powerful stories. And so you may be asking and you may be seeking to invite somebody to the 21st, but God may provide an opportunity for you to knock this week for the life of someone who's going to come through the door this next Sunday. I just want to challenge you to look for the open doors because the promise is if you ask, seek, and knock, the door will be open to you. And maybe it's going to be quicker than you thought. You could be the person in someone's story of making their way to Jesus. And honestly, timing is, is not always ours. I'm sure Bobby had no intention of it taking until I was 20 years old, almost 21, for myself to, to find my way into the church. But guess what? I did. Her prayer was answered. It was just about four years after she thought. So let's not give up. 
Let's be those that will walk through life with people, no matter whether they come to church with us or not. Because God wants to make a huge impact in the lives of others through you. So I hope you learned something about God today. I hope you learned something about the Father heart. He wants to give us the desires of our heart. That we should dream bigger. That we should have some shameless audacity. And even weird part sandwiched right in the middle of this story. The element of the midnight hour. I guess you would say it's the last minute invitation. The last minute opportunity. We need to never give up because at the last minute, God could answer our prayers for others. I joked about gift buying earlier. And what is it that we buy gifts and then have them given back to us? But when you think about it, isn't that what we do in the lives of our kids all the time? They're not out making money, and yet they're buying gifts for us with money we gave them. And sometimes... Let's be honest. Those gifts are awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, I needed a tie. When is the last time I've worn a tie, right? And it's like, I need an ugly Christmas sweater. Yay. You know, it's like it's those moments. But yet, at the same time, why is it there's just something that we really do like it? We feel love even though, like, I gave that to you to give to me. It's a weird thing that happens, but when we consider the fact that God gave us life and we have the opportunity to give life back to Him, what a crazy moment that is. We have this chance. We have this opportunity to present life back to God and give back to God and worship God. and It's what He gave us. We get to give it back. And this Christmas... I hope we have an opportunity to, to see open doors. And let's, let's even think outside Christmas, obviously. Maybe personally in your life you need healing. Have you asked for it? Deliverance. Have you asked for it? Provision. Have you asked for it? Relationship needs. Are you asking? Are you seeking? What are you doing to knock on the opportunities? I want to pray for you. And whatever you're asking or seeking about, we'll have a couple people down here to pray afterwards if you want to pray with someone. But maybe on the back of your connection card, you can jot those down so we can be praying for your requests as well. But specifically, make sure you take that Christmas bookmark and begin to pray for those you'll invite. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come and open your word. And well, We're going to look at the practical elements of this next week and what it means to pray this prayer you introduced to us. But really, you kind of wanted us to catch the why of it there within those stories in the moment of answering this disciple's request to learn how to pray. You wanted to build this illustration of the fact that you do want to give good gifts to us. You do want to open doors for us. And the way to get those doors open is shameless audacity. So we shamelessly come to you and audaciously ask for the lives of those we love to know you, Jesus, because we know the promise is life to the full. There's something more in life for people that they can't experience without Jesus. They can give back in a way that has a purpose behind it. They can make an impact not only in their own life, but in others' lives around them. They begin to love others. Maybe their eyes are open to 
opportunities to serve others like never before. I just pray that God, if some in this room have yet to make a decision to follow Jesus, that even today they would say, okay, Jesus, I want to experience this life that's being promised in these passages. And so, God, I pray right now that they would just choose to follow you, simply invite you into their life as Lord and Savior, and that they would see in the coming weeks what it looks like to walk through doors that are open. Ask, seek, knock, and the doors will be open to you. What doors need to be open in people's lives? Show us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's talk. If you have a question about what you've heard today or if you have a need we can pray with you about, feel free to click on the Let's Connect or Need Prayer button on the upper right side of the message archive page. Or if you're listening on iTunes, you can always email info at livinglifeopen.com. If you'd like to join in the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can give online at livinglifeopen.com by following the Giving tab and clicking Give Now. We're excited you took the time out of your busy week to listen to our talk. But have you ever thought about visiting us on a Sunday morning? We meet at 10 a.m. each Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School. We would love to see you on a Sunday, and then you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing online. Finally, stay up to date with everything Open Life by visiting livinglifeopen.com following us on Twitter, or liking us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day and week.